Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 17, Cooperative Storytelling. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Renee as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Very good. A bit congested, but I'm good. Oh no, is it, uh, you're getting a cold? Yeah, it's flu season. Luckily I don't have a flu, but I'm a bit stuffy. So, <laughs> I'm not contagious, you can't. You can't catch my sickness on the radio, so you'll all be fine. Worst case, just cover your mouth and nose while you're listening to, to this podcast, and then you'll be good. Yeah. Not you, the <laughs> listeners. I'm saying this to the listeners. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today we're going to be talking about Renee's hobby, which is cooperative storytelling. But before we start talking about that, why don't uh, you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Oh, no, this question. Okay. Um, so professionally... I'm in recruiting. Um, I hate this question because this is the question I always avoid. Um, so I can tell you how I know the host of the show, which is basically we met through Instagram um, and then we were messaging for a while and then we met on UOttawa and we realized we were following each other for a long time. And yeah, so I guess that's not really about myself, but that's kind of how I was introduced long term to the show years later. And that's how we became friends. And that's why you're on here today, because you have such a good personality and you have a, such an interesting hobby and you want to share it. So yeah, yeah, I'm always happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so yeah, uh, how did you get introduced to cooperative storytelling? So cooperative storytelling, not I didn't really get introduced to it, it just kind of happened. So when I was growing up, I watched a lot of anime, cartoons, and um, I played a lot of video games. And my parents were really strict, and we didn't really get to go on the computer, and we had a limited time with our electronics. So a lot of the times, my cousin and I, who was like a sibling, made up these stories uh, to entertain ourselves. So we'd go back and forth telling each other, um, we would like create a whole world and then make characters within this world. Was it just like one day you just started saying a story and then your cousin jumped in and you're like, you know what, this is fun. We should keep doing this. Or was it something you planned out? Um, yeah, it just kind of happened. It was like, oh, um, so for example, and it's going to be super nerdy. So we were really into, I can't remember the pinpoint of when we actually started but i know that a lot of times we would take characters from i guess let's say anime or video games and we'd be like okay we're gonna pick that character to be and then we're gonna create the story based on what we're playing right now or sometimes it would just be like oh I had an idea from this cartoon I was watching. Let's kind of like twist the story and um, build from there. I don't know if that answered your question. No, no, it did. It did. It did. It did indeed. Um, so what would you say is the best part about cooperative storytelling? The best part about cooperative storytelling, I would say, is seeing another person's ideas and your ideas come together. So I believe that everyone has like a world of their own and a mind of their own um, with a bunch of creativity. So it was super interesting um, telling these stories and having someone jump in with their own brand new ideas. So I like the cooperative part of it and just getting your ideas out there was really cool. 
And when did you know when the story ended? Was it just you kept on going and then saved it for another day? Or you ended the same night? So sometimes the stories would end the same night, so we would fall asleep. Because usually these stories would take place when everyone was asleep and we would like stay up swapping stories. Um, a lot of the times the stories would continue if it was a if it was a really good story and it would be like episodes so for example we would use different characters so for example riverdale let's say and then uh, the riverdale has the same set of characters and then the next day it's like it doesn't follow the same plot but it could be different so i guess okay riverdale's not a good idea it'd probably be more like the simpsons so you're going for 20 years strong <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you know how The Simpsons is like one of the longest running episodes or TV shows. Your storytelling is just one of the longest storytelling stories. Well, not exactly. I'm just saying that's an example. It was um, some stories we would it would last for a week um, and then others would just last for a day. But it would not definitely it definitely would not last 20 years strong. That'd be a pretty good story. So what was your longest story? Was it one week or did you have one that was longer than that? I would say, um, I want to, I want to say like, hmm, in, I feel like in a child's time span, it's very different and a short time can feel like forever. Um, I want to say a couple weeks would be the longest, like two to three weeks. That's still pretty good. Two to three weeks. So that's like 10, so that's seven days a week. So yeah, that's a pretty yeah. good solid story. But it wasn't. It was the same, when I say the same story, I mean the same type of plot. So for example, we built a a whole world based on sci-fi and like superheroes. So in that world, we would tell stories based on the world and use different characters and scenarios. Um, but it would not necessarily be the same, I can... I guess, circumstance. So the same story within that night. It would just be like, oh, this happened here. Oh, and then another another episode or the next night, we would say, oh, okay, so they're in the same, they're in the same world, but like this is happening now. This might be a stupid question, but have you ever done one of those things? You know how on, how on TV they say, stay tuned for next episode. Next week, we will be showing this. Do you do that for your storytelling with your cousin? You're like, stay tuned for next night because we're going to be talking about this. We wouldn't necessarily plan it. It would just be kind of, it would happen spontaneously. It would be like, once upon a time. And then I know that part sounds corny, but like, that's kind of how we got into the mode of it. And then it would just be free, like free storytelling. Um, but yeah, no, we would not say, stay tuned for the next show. <laughs> Did you ever get into a fight with your cousin because of conflict within the story? Definitely. Like, for example, well, when we told these stories, we had our set characters. So one, some characters, or specifically one character, would belong to us. And then every every other character would be free for, I guess, death, manipulation, or anything else. So the Game <laughs> and, of Thrones. Yeah, basically. And so when it was, I guess, her turn telling the story... Uh, or my turn, sometimes we would butt heads when we took our 
our characters, like not our own. And then we would put their character in a situation. But because it was said you couldn't go back and we didn't have the control to change the situation, we only had the control to react to the situation that the narrator was putting us in. And so when I guess this, the the primary storyteller would be talking about the character and kind of taking over the character that belonged to you, that's when we butt heads. But we let it happen because that was all part of the creative process. And then the next night you were like, okay, we're friends again. We're family. Let's, let's start a new story. <laughs> We'd be like, can we pretend that didn't happen? <laughs> and the other person would be like, no, it happened already. Too bad. This person's dead or... <laughs> or something else did you ever bring back somebody to life or no um i don't think so <laughs> i think we would just restart a story restart a different world if someone we really really like died or we would uh, i don't think we killed off important characters but if we did they would stay dead a very happy ending <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's the halloween well Yesterday was Halloween. A few days ago was Halloween. So, Except when we're going to post this episode, it's going to be a few months later. So oh, many months true. later, <laughs> it was Halloween or many months earlier, it was Halloween. Yeah. So where was your best, sorry, not your best, but your favorite spot to tell these stories? In bed <laughs> when everyone was asleep and no one could disturb us. We would stay up till the odd hours of the night and even watch the sunrise. And we'd be telling stories like cozied up in bed and we'd just fall asleep telling these stories. Well, what age did you start doing this? I want to say when I was seven um, or maybe or maybe a little bit older. But when my cousin actually, my cousin and I, we grew up together. My cousin came from the Philippines. And so she had a whole different culture from me. Um, and I guess like she watched different shows. So she brought that creative world, like foreign world to me. And then I brought what I was watching here, like in Canada, and we would come together and tell these stories. So it started out very young because we literally had nothing to do. <laughs> and so that's how cooperative storytelling in, um, in our situation came to be. And when did it end? When one of us grew up and left the other one in the dirt, <laughs> which was her because she was older. Uh, so I guess it was her when she went to high school or grade eight when, yeah, <laughs> that's probably when she stopped. I tried to continue it with a different friend, but in a more evolved way. So not necessarily storytelling back and forth verbally, but I met this friend in high school who was really into storytelling or writing stories. And so I tried to have this book and write stories and then pass it back to her and she would write a bit. And then we would have a overview of a world. And it was different because we had a plot and had an idea of where we wanted to go with the story. Because with my stories back in the day, we had no end. We had no plot. It was just free falling. But this this type of story writing was more, we had a linear plot and we were going to continue it, but then we both got lazy. And so it kind of died. Just fizzled out eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, you said your cousin brought in some culture background from the Philippines and you had Canadian culture background that helped you build the stories here. And my question to that is, what actually helped you? Well, what was your inspiration while you were working together? Not working together, but making these stories together. Were you inspired by things you saw outside while you lived together or school or family members? 
So ab- everything, literally everything. So again, before I said the basis was the cartoons we watched, the gaming we played. But later on, when we were so into, I guess, these stories and these characters, we could literally look at anything and create a story and involve it. Um, <laughs> we were really imaginative kids. So um, on a, a little embarrassing note, when we were, there was a time where we were really, really into ninjas and samurais and all that jazz. And so I actually picked up a bunch of toothpicks and a straw and I was like, okay, these are poison darts now. And so it was literally like role playing. So even though I said that our favorite time to tell stories um, was when we were going to go to sleep, when we were on the go and we were stuck with my parents, we would start telling these stories. And so literally anything we could see, any props, any interesting thing, someone with an interesting face, we would put it in our story. Did your parents ever participate in the stories? They had no idea what was going on. They just they just knew that we were... Actually, we would try to like keep it... We were weird. We like to keep it a secret because we were like, oh, like the parents can't find out... Um, one time we actually made our own language um, because it was part of the story. And so, yeah, parents were never a participant. It was just our thing. That's awesome that you created your own language. Was it a very complex language or could you show me an example of what it might sound like? Oh, I, I only remember a few words. Like it was, so for example, good morning was gamongya. Pretty was poi, like P-O-I. And then we would make swear words, which the B word I'm not going to say on the radio was buchia. You can, say, you can swear on here. It's it, anything goes. Well, for the younger. Yes. <laughs> sorry. For the younger audience. Uh, let's go with the made up word. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I and mean, you had like a big vocabulary of these words. Did you write them down anywhere or were you just memorized them? At one point, we wrote some down and then we just memorized key words that we wanted to say. So if we wanted to talk about someone, <laughs> we would just use key phrases, but we would never actually fully go into the language. I think it was because it was it was too much. It was too much work. We were more, it was just a side segment of our story. Whose idea was it to create the language? I think it was a combination. Um and it was probably, we were just, it was just another prop of our story. Like, for example, well, we would write the language and um, we would use other things. So we also drew comics sometimes or we drew characters just to also get a visual of what we were talking about and be on the same page. So the language part was just like a small thing we did on the side. That's pretty awesome. And that's very impressive for young kids to just create a whole new language. Now, speaking about language and... Bits and pieces of a language, not, not the full thing. Who knows? Maybe your kids in the future will complete that whole language skills, that language process, and then may even write a dictionary with that new language. Wait, what was the oh. name of the language? Oh, I don't know. I think, I honestly think it was, yeah, no, we didn't name it. But I think the reason we made a language was because at the time we were talking about elves and, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so nerdy. I think we called it Espirits or something. And we thought, oh, these mythical people or these magical people should have a language. <laughs> no, that's that's yeah. really cool. 
Uh, at least you didn't make a language for every single type of character in your stories. No, that would that would be that would be too insane. That'd be pretty cool, but pretty yeah. You would not sleep at all. Well, we didn't sleep a lot of nights. <laughs> we didn't sleep. Well, there you we go. We slept at like four or five in the morning. And this Sometimes. is when you were younger, right? Yeah, a lot younger. And you had school the next day. Yeah. Good kids. Good role models. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking about the languages and stuff like that, did you ever create different voices for different characters? So, uh, say a mean big old dragon, you had a deeper voice, and a snake, you had a more soothing voice, or something yep, like that. Yep, definitely. That was the only way you could tell the difference, unless you were saying, oh, this person said, you would literally, we would literally, well, mainly for females, not necessarily the male characters, because... um. A lot of our main characters were male characters because, again, we were following, we were really influenced by, I guess, anime. And in anime at that time, a lot of the main characters were guys. Uh, so we thought that the generic voice was for a male, but like for females, we would lighten our voices. Like almost like what you, your your secretary reception voice or how you answer the phone. That's kind of how... Our voices were enlightened, but other than that, um, yeah. Okay, so my voice would not be ideal for receptionists answering the phone type. No, your voice would be like, for example, well, you have a radio voice. So, you know, when you answer the phone and you kind of like elevate your voice a little bit to give you give that customer service voice of I'm on my best day or I actually make my voice deeper by instinct and people think it's a robot talking. So they hang up. It's definitely, pro it's probably different for guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably, yeah. Um, so did you ever create your stories for yourself or did you make it to, let's say, make your cousin happy? Like you would do a situation where it would make her happy in the sense that your main character finds gold. Um, I think yes and no. I liked to make put situations where it would produce the most emotion. Um, <laughs> so I kind of like putting her under stress. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, I, I liked, like, I would literally say things in the store to get a reaction. But to make her happy, I guess, yeah, sometimes when I was, like, ending something. But again, we really didn't end stories, like, in a normal, like, plot, year plot. It was always like, oh, um... This person saw this and then and then someone fell asleep. <laughs> do you still remember your first story? I don't remember my first story, but I do remember a couple linear like I I don't have linear plots, but I do remember a couple of themes, like worlds, <laughs> if that makes sense. So you'll have them in the backup in case you bring it up again in the, in the near future. Yeah, like I had like when I was younger, I was like, oh, like one day we should like write these out and make books or sell them. <laughs> That's why I kind of found that friend in high school, but it never happened. But I do have those, those, um, I guess, worlds in my mind as a childhood memory that I kind of go back out and, and kind of laugh <laughs> and say, oh my gosh, did we, did we really think of that? Wow. You should do a podcast. It would be cool, but I don't know who would listen to it. <laughs> You'd be surprised. A lot of people would listen to so many different things, and it's a perfect topic. It's improvised storytelling, and people like on-the-spot things. It, you, I'm sure you and your cousin have a great dynamic, and there's going to be a lot of laughter, and 
How long does one story? You said like a few, many hours, right? You might have to break it down to like an hour or so, but yeah, it was a it was a good time killer, especially when you like had nothing around you. I think it's like a. I remember telling stories during camping, and um, yeah, I think that maybe not a podcast, but something to do in a spare time would probably be a better audience. <laughs> So, if I said to my listeners right now, if they know of any good storytelling podcast kind of similar to your style, would you want them to send them your way, or send them to me so I can send it your way?、Mm, it's again, this story type of storytelling was something I did as a child, so probably not. But I would like to listen to others. That's what I'm more interested at this point. Yeah, that's what I meant. I meant that they send to you. Podcasters who make these types of stories, so you can listen to them and maybe learn something from it, or even ooh, get the inspiration to try it out. Dora, you have the equipment and the resources.、Uh, we're here for you. I say we're. I'm here, but you also have your friends who also have equipment that can help you out as well. Yeah. So it's there if you want it. Okay. <laughs> so, what was your biggest challenge when you first started story to、uh, cooperative storytelling? Biggest challenge getting started.、Um... I would say we would fight a lot about who was going to tell the story that night. So when I say tell the story, I mean someone taking the lead on it. Because how it worked would be someone would be the main narrator, and the other one would be the comment commentator. Yeah. So for example, and this is oh, this is not necessarily the story I told, but. Let's say you're in like a medieval world, and the main character, character, well, main narrator has the characters that they want that belong to them. So, like one specific character that they can control specifically.、Um, but every everything is oh no, I mix it up. <laughs> Give me a second. Yeah, take,、okay. take your time. I'm like I'm like mumbled.、Um, person A is the main narrator. Narrator. Person B is a commentator. Person B has one character that they have dibs on, but person narrator can control all of them. It's just person B has their character that interacts with the rest of the world that person narrator A is creating. And this is a recipe for a big fight. Yes, <laughs> but that's how it that's how it would go down, and so. Narrator would be telling the story and be putting、um, the commentator's character in certain situations that they didn't want to be in. And if narrator narrator said person B's character did this instead of commentator taking、uh, control of their own character, that's when the fights would happen. And then it goes back to normal the next day. Yeah, basically. And what was your biggest challenge? What was your latest challenge with storytelling? Whether It was when you finished, or today that you'd like to pick it up, but it's still something that is challenging to do because of a certain reason. Oh, laziness, getting started,、um, and finding the, I guess, creativity. Just because it's changed so much, and it was something I did as a kid, so I haven't done it in a long time, and I haven't found someone willing to, I guess, go back and forth with me like the way I used to. Because it was definitely something I did as a child, but doing it as an adult, I don't know how. Like, I don't know if it would be strange. <laughs> I feel like it would be very strange because、um, when we 
did tell these stories, we were more imaginative because we didn't have as much stimulation and telling these stories, the lights would always be all off. So we didn't have to look at each other when telling these stories. I could see, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird? Just eye contact, yeah. no blinking at all, just staring into each other's eyes for like four hours straight. Literally, when I told these stories, my eyes would be closed and I'd be talking. <laughs> did, ever, did it ever happen that you just fell asleep in the middle of a story? All the time. <laughs> Except it wasn't, it wasn't usually me. It was usually my cousin who would always stop the story because she'd be falling asleep and I'd be like, hello? Hello? Okay, I guess she went to bed. <laughs> Could you imagine if like movies and storytellers were, like, movies were like that where it goes on and then just suddenly stop because one of the writers fell asleep? Yeah. We would get nowhere and it wouldn't be as entertaining. And then we would have to re, re I guess, reset the movie. Too bad uh, you didn't have anything to record the stories back then, just like a little tape recorder or something like that. That would have been cool. There it would be. We actually, and I don't know where it is. I think we scrapped it. But um, there was one time we actually tried writing a script. Well, my cousin, she started writing um, the script of what each character was doing. That's why actually later down in life, I went into see theater. That would have been helpful if I had it. Then I could actually read you a sample. So now you have an idea. If you do have kids in the future, you can just put a tape recorder if they start doing the storytelling and then you can save it and you can show it 20 years later on. And they'll die of embarrassment. Like if I, if I feel like if I had it, I'd probably die of embarrassment. But you would love it. You would laugh and smile while, while you're listening to it. I was going to tell you a. I was like, should I tell you a story? And I can tell you one of the inspirations. I don't know if you've, this is super dorky, but have you heard of um, Claymore? Yes, I finished it. I finished the uh, manga. That was one of the inspirations, um, except they weren't all girls. <laughs> we had this thing called Shadows, and it was really weird. It was based on the senses. Um, so they had either super hearing, super, well, actually five senses. So super hearing, they could, if they touched something, they could like change the, the fabric. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, super sight, super, it, it was like all based on the senses and they had these creepy silver eyes and they were, they were actually bad people in society. Um, so that was kind of like one of the stories we created worlds we created so that's a sample of something you would expect from i guess our imagination so for those who don't know claymore is a story where these females who are half monster half human chase go to village to village to get rid of other monsters but that's a pretty dark manga for a child yeah we were exposed to a lot of dark things so well anime doesn't really have a filter on um, <laughs> violence when it comes to kids. They do not. And so, but you turned out to be the, one of the most happiest people I know. Very optimistic, very joyful. So I guess anime and manga helped in a way, the dark ones. My parents actually thought they were all cartoons. So they're like, yeah, go ahead, watch it. Little did they know there was so much violence. <laughs> so, so much. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to I don't know if I'm going to show it to my kids as their first manga or anime, but if it turns them into a great storyteller, then yeah, maybe I will. <laughs> Definitely not. Don't show them. <laughs> <laughs> Has cooperative storytelling ever helped you relax when you're stressed? As a kid, yes. 
it was a definitely a way to escape um from the boredom from the overbearing parents um and then later on in life not so much because i kind of stopped it but i believe if i continued to it and i was still doing it probably would be a good outlet and has it ever stressed you out yes all the time <laughs> because um again the the similar conflicts that i already told you about would be the lack of energy a lack of creativity or um just getting your character taken away from you that's that's fair that's absolutely fair and uh did did you ever present these to other people and if so did their opinions have an impact on you i have not presented it to other people this is the first time i'm talking about it in public <laughs> but um that one friend from high school who wrote stories she was really into writing and so we were like okay we'll start it now like in high school and then when we're like 20 something we'll be rich and we'll sell these books didn't happen but that was our dream <laughs> for a second that was very it's a very ambitious thing no that's good it's unique as well you don't get a lot of cooperative storytellers yeah that like to speak so you you this did this help you with uh, public speaking in a sense or it helped with creativity and um taking learning how to take inspiration from literally anything like um thinking outside of the box that's what it would help me with there's not even a box it's just yeah. you're just thinking outside it's so it's so meta um yeah. <laughs> are, what are some misconceptions about people who storytell i would say well if there are any misconceptions i would say it's very strange. I feel like it is, but it's not as strange when you're in it and you're saying you're telling it. Yeah, that that I think that would be the main misconception. I never really thought about it because I didn't think it was a common thing kids did um, or people do now. But um, yeah, does that answer your question? No, it does. It does. No, it absolutely does. And uh, okay. how did storytelling, cooperative storytelling, have an impact on your life? cooperative well similar to how i answered your question before um it it gave me joy when i was a child it gave me um it gave me something to look forward to especially having really strict parents and not having an outlet of creativity um it really helped uh growing up later down the line it gave me creativity and inspiration um, and an appreciation for the arts because I was I started off creative, so I wanted to see other outlets um, and a, a strong interest in how people reacted to things. So it made me extremely perceptive as well and a good listener because within these story, um, I guess these sessions, we would literally have to listen to each other in the dark and you would have to use active listening and rely on the other person's reactions to see how, if the story was going well or not. So yes, that, that that's like another thing that it helped me with active listening and being very perceptive to other people. Speaking about doing it in the dark, did your parents ever come in saying, Hey, go to sleep? Yes. Oh, well, my cousin, my um, there was one time where we were talking. We decided, oh, like let's try to um, let's try to have 
a storytelling session under our beds. So we literally went underneath this wooden bed and we um, put sleeping bags out, which is so weird because why would you go under your bed? <laughs> and then we brought food and hot cocoa and we we're going to tell stories like this. And my older cousin who was um, visiting at the time, was like, hey, why are you underneath your bed? Go to sleep. And also you're going to get bed, bikes, bed bugs because you're going to be bitten by wood mice. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the last time you went underneath the bed, right? Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes we would take it so far into the point where, so there was another like theme where we were really into ninjas, as I was saying before, and we literally left our beds and we would, it was all dark and we would literally climb the stairs and pretend to go on missions. And my grandma, when she was alive, she was, she thought we were being robbed. And so she came, she like freaked out and she, she woke my brother up and she was like, there's a man downstairs, go check. And so my brother uh, like took out his flashlight and started like walking down being like really suspicious and we were like hiding in a corner. So it became a quote unquote, real mission <laughs> did he ever catch you no we ran upstairs like we we were very stealthy but then he told us the next day he was like oh i thought i thought there was someone down um our grandma's really scared was that you and we're like yes <laughs> did you ever tell your grandma no so she thought that somebody was robbing her house the whole time to this day yeah well, we <laughs> pretending to be ninjas and going on a mission did you complete the mission Yes, we completed a mission because nice. we didn't get caught until the next morning when asked. Uh, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in picking up cooperative storytelling? Cooperative storytelling? I would say um, just go for it. It's going to seem really, really weird when you start. Um, the best ideas always come out when you just like, just start talking or you could even brainstorm before and try to come up with a world first if you are if you are trying to do cooperative st storytelling with another person try to get on the same page that's probably the most important because if you guys have different directions it will be very difficult and that's really where you'll see yourself butting heads so yeah the world you play is very very important so speaking of which, if somebody approached you personally and said, hey, I'd love to learn more about cooperative storytelling. Can you teach me your ways? Would you be the type to say, yeah, I'd love to. Or, oh, yeah, you can check out this person online or this website here or anything like that. I'd love to have a conversation with them. But I'm just thinking, is there I haven't done much research because, again, it was something I did as a child. So I don't really know if there's a lot of sources out there that talk about cooperative storytelling. I'm sure there are groups, but they didn't really go into research. Um, yeah. Now, this next question, it's a, you can answer it or not. Uh, simply asking, do you have any social media links personally? So one about yourself, let's say Instagram, Twitter, website, or anything like that you want to share with the listeners. If you don't and don't want to share, that's fine. We'll, we'll just link them back to mine. So it's up to you. Okay. Um, my Instagram is totally not related to my storytelling life, <laughs> but it's Smiling Palm and also follows Alex and time up for your hobbies. Yes, there you go. So I'll put all the information in the description somewhere where you can find it. And then you can follow her and her positive energy and everything that's great about her. 
Now, what I tend to do on this show as well is I throw the question back to you. So I would ask you, do you have any questions for me about storytelling? I would say, have you tried it? Or what, what was the most interesting, I guess, adventure you took as a child? Adventure as in storytelling adventure? Yeah. Um, what I would tend to do back in the day is I, would, I was into Pokemon. So I'd draw Pokemons and I would try to invent some new Pokemons and try new move sets for them. And then I would create a story. It, it was only by myself. I never did it with somebody else. But I would create a story. I'm like, all right, well, this Pokemon went there on this adventure and did this thing. Now, as an adult, um, storytelling is not necessarily out loud, but it's sometimes right before I go to bed, I would create these characters in my head. So myself and a few friends, and we would have superpowers. Like I try to make him very unique. So one of them was like black and white. So he was able to control going to shadows and play with light. And either way, it was my way to try to become creative before I go to sleep. And I always try to like, yeah, I want to, I want to continue this dream as I sleep, but it never happens. Uh, it's always like right before I go to sleep and then the story dies and then it's pretty much just blackness. Yep. I cannot, yep, <laughs> then I wake up I'm like, oh, okay. That's, that was my story. Okay. Just the beginning. But I spend most of the time just trying to build my characters. I never actually get to the point of a good story. Yep. That, that totally, I totally get that. That's totally what it was like back in the day too. So speaking of which, just a quick question. If you were to give yourself one superpower and your own story, what would it be? I would probably go with, um, so only one? Uh, okay, <laughs> really? you only can go one? with multiple if you want. <laughs> okay. Um, so I would probably go with the, so remember when I was telling you about the shadows? How they were based on they're based on the senses. Yes. So these these shadows we literally called them shadows because they could literally enter a shadow realm. They could go into the shadows and then pop out somewhere else. So that was their form of teleportation. So anywhere there was a shadow, they could pop up somewhere else. Um, they could literally um, what is it clone themselves and shapeshift, and they had super hearing or super or they could see really far. So I'd probably go with that if I was going to pick some uh, character in my story. So based on my childhood, that was probably the coolest power, I would say. Do you ever do that nowadays in your dreams right before going to bed? Oh, well, make a story? Yeah. Um, If I'm having a hard time falling asleep, I do. And sometimes when I'm really bored, I start writing and start writing character design and developing characters, just like how you're saying. It's really entertaining. But um, yeah, not not so much on a normal day to day outdoorsy life, but like in private. Yeah, definitely. So will I be able to see this one day or never? See what? <laughs> the, the, the characters, the things you draw out and when you're developing. Oh, it's a, it's like, yeah, if you want to, it's more character development. Like this character has this and this, and it's an idea, idea for a story, but then it has to take off. Like it would only make sense to show you if it was taking off. It's more like an idea, like a, a plot, like a world that I write, but there's no story yet. Not yet. Once you become a millionaire, right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you, Renee, so much for coming on the show and sharing your passion hobby with me. 
I greatly appreciate it. And I hope my listeners or the listeners will appreciate it as well. If you would like to learn more about Renee, you could follow her on Instagram. I'll put the description or her tag, her hashtag, her name, her username, whatever it's called, somewhere around so you can see it. Uh, if you would like to be on the show or have any questions at all, you could send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.